mean, like we can always Google who you are. And that's, that's the whole thing. So guys, I just appreciate you uh, joining me because, uh, well, let's just put it this way. Whenever you get cancellations, you know, I could go solo, but like I talk to myself all day long. Who the hell would want to really listen to me talk to my inner voice? I mean, I do it already. So just want to say thank you, Avil. Andrew, thanks for coming to the mic is listening. Welcome. So uh, I guess I should always ask people before I do this. Are you guys ready for the mic is listening? Ready as it will be. All right. Andrew, don't don't look so excited to be here. <laughs> the mic is listening. 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 Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening. Welcome to The Mic is Listening. I'm Sia, and today we're going to do something slightly different that um, it's long overdue, and I'm surprised I haven't done it before, which is uh, I figured, why don't we do an Ask Me Anything episode? So there's absolutely zero format in the context of uh, there's no one main topic or one main person that we're going to focus on. It's going to be a wonderful cast of crew of individuals that are pinch hitting for me um, to help me out and answer some of these questions and share their objectives. So without further ado, and on that note, I am hella excited to um, introduce Avil Beckford and Andrew Deutsch. Welcome to the mic is listening, you guys. Thanks for having us. Yeah. No, no. Love, love to be love. here. Yay, I'm glad, you guys. So um, this is, like I said, a little bit unusual. But before we do anything uh, crazy, crazy, what I would love to do is say thank you and express my gratitude to the fact that you guys joined at the last second. I had a cancellation, and I was like, eh, what do I do? And you two jumped up and said, screw it. We're going to have some fun with you. And we're going to jump on, having no idea what the hell we're talking about. You, you know guys- something, Sia? I'm an introvert, so I force myself into situations like this. Oh, I love that. I love that. Okay. So I, I, I love this because you know why there was a uh, post from a fellow um, person in our, our, I guess, LinkedIn group. Um, oh my God. I forgot his name already. I'm a horrible friend here. He's new to our group. Avil, do you know um, it's, oh goodness. He had this post this morning about taking risks. Oh, uh, so Derek, Derek Neely, I think. So I'll yeah. give Derek Neely a shout out. Um, and I'll, sorry, Mike Asherbrand, check your uh, cal- uh, calendar. I sent you the link there. So um, yeah, Derek Neely made a post talking about, you know what? How many times have we thought we would take the safer choice and went with the flow, if you will, and missed out on a wonderful opportunity, right? And so I think that's kind of like crazy cool uh, just to know that I don't know. What's the riskiest thing you've ever done, you guys? I'm kind of thinking out loud here. What's the riskiest thing you've ever done? And you're like, damn it, that was payoff for me. <laughs> Business or life related? Uh, whatever's going to be most amusing. You know me. <laughs> I don't know. Probably jumping out of airplanes. Okay. Expand. Well, well I jumped out of airplanes. <laughs> With a shoe. <laughs> With someone or by yourself? Uh, by myself. And who inspired you to do that? Um, it was 
years ago when I worked as a psychologist, there was a seminar and they, it was about trying to do the impossible sort of cultish nonsense that I don't buy into anymore. But we did a firewalk, we jumped out of airplanes, we did a bunch of different things. You know, if you can achieve the impossible, impossible here, what other impossible things can you achieve in your life sort of mindset? But at the end of the day, you don't have to jump out of an airplane or walk on fire to achieve impossible things. That's cool. That's very cool. Okay, Avil, can you top jumping out of plane, girl? No, I haven't done anything that cool, but I guess a risky thing was kind of exposing more of who I am. So my mom died 10 years ago, unexpectedly from a heart attack, and I was in a bad place. So I thought, okay, I'm going to do this challenge called Read the World. So I was doing that and it was therapeutic and then talking about things that I normally wouldn't talk about and, you know, talking about how I'm feeling as I'm reading the books and stuff, how they're affecting me. So that was a little bit scary, but I needed to do that to move through grief. You're muted, Sia. Look, people, it's just my show. Back off. If I want to talk on mute, damn it, I'm going to talk on mute. Oh, my gosh. Well, okay, so full disclosure, I've got this cough I'm trying to get over. And so, yeah, I'm going to probably forget to mute. But if I don't mute in time, I'm sorry for blowing out your eardrums. And if I talk on mute, appreciate that I'm not blowing out your eardrums. So um, I'm sorry to. I'm sorry for your loss, Avil. And it's, it's such a part of life, unfortunately. And I think it's one of those things where – Finding that healthy mechanism to put yourself up and out there. The grieving process to me, I think, requires a lot of risk taking because when you're grieving, you want to go back to your comfort zone, right? And in reality, in order to progress, to go through the stages of grief, you got to keep pushing. You got to keep pushing, you know? So um, on that note, I, I figured someone who knows how to take risk and just recently did it. Go ahead. Take that sip, Mike. Take that sip, Mike. <laughs> I don't want to get you knocked off here. I'm sorry. No, no. Welcome. And I'm about to cough. So I love that he's got to have a nice steak. Oh, do that. I don't care. I know what it you was did. A birthday, it was a birthday gift from a colleague. And then I was just flipping everybody off on Zooms and they were all laughing. And I'm like, uh, what's going on? I'm like, oh, man. I haven't, and then I was like, well, it was a class act. It was a hit. So I just kept, uh, I kept using it. I mean, if you, you know, there's none of this first date stuff with me. Like when you meet me, that's pretty much what you're going to give the rest of your life. So you might as well go ahead and leave now. I don't want to trick you for six months. You find out who I really am and then uh, be upset about it. That's funny. Oh my gosh, did I not mute in time? Sorry, guys. No, that is funny. And no, you're fine. This is a, this is a space for, what's that called? Safe space. This is a safe space because when we get tired of you, you, you will know damn well, we will tell you we're tired of you. But at the same time, it's said with love. Didn't we just talk like what, 14 hours ago? Is this deja vu? Didn't we just do this? Well, we just did it, but that was for your show, Mr. Hounds. Oh. I'm here to make you look good now. Uh, You're welcome. And, you know, uh, Avil, I know I say your name wrong. You're so graceful. Um, You know, my mom passed away unexpectedly from heart problems uh, 
in 2019. So, you know, it, I, I understand what you're saying. And, and again, you know, we're human beings, we're not robots. Uh, you know, we go through that. And uh, my dog passed away. The one on the show, the little elk cow, she passed away unexpectedly. And she was only two, two and a half years old. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it was, um, you know, you, you go through that. But like I told my daughter, I said, you know, you, don't push it off and, and ignore it. Deal with it so it doesn't drag on for months and years, you know, and we did. We dealt we dealt with it. We didn't resist it. And, uh, you know, again, now we think of happy things and, you know, move forward with, with those memories, whether it's a pet, a family member, friend. You know, it, again, it's how you deal with it. not dealing with it is something I used to do when I was a fireman for a long time. And that just piles up inside of you. And then it comes out in some unproductive, unhealthy way. And so I really appreciate you sharing that because it's easier said than done. So, you know, thanks for having the courage to bring that out. For sure. For sure. For sure. I actually just lost my father in August. And uh, I got to tell you, man, uh, if I I don't ask for help, that's my problem as an entrepreneur and as a human. I don't like asking for help. And um, I can also credit and thank my dad for that too. But uh, it is so uh, peaceful, I guess. I don't know if it's peaceful. Is it so calming to know people are there for you, people who don't even know who you are? And this group that I'm going to be pulling up here, they're saying hello, that we don't even know. And I love the joy of this. This is kind of feeding into maybe my overarching theme for today is LinkedIn right? How it's evolved into a platform for digital content creation. It is more social media friendly, but at the same time, it's got this community element that I think is unique to LinkedIn because it's a business relationship that's got heart, you know? And so Elizabeth Rubin, Elizabeth thank you for Rubin, typing in here. Don't know her, never met her, but you know, over the course of what, Mike, you brought her into the group to to chat and all just embrace her and embrace her and you know oh she's a gem man yeah she she again it was just good timing right people we talked about that yesterday and so she has already joined me in something last night i met her at what 3 p.m eastern yesterday and uh you know when you vibe you vibe and that's why we do this stuff it's not to to change people's minds and you know, win a popularity contest. It's just to be in the right place at the right time. So someone who's looking for you and you're looking for them, that's what this is about. It's not about anything else to me. It's about, hey, I got to go through five appointments that were kind of okay, whatever, maybe not great. And then the sixth one, it's Elizabeth. <laughs> and you're like, wow, so glad. That's how I met you. That's how I met a bill. And you, it's just going through, you know, meeting after meeting and just to find that one and, and, and again it's that simple it's not easy you have to have amnesia and mental toughness but it's worth it i don't think about the five that didn't work i think about the one that i'm going to grow with for the next 10 20 30 years that you can decide how, how to shift your mindset right well you know but what's crazy I mean? oh, Mac, what, they, what the authors say like you have to kiss a whole bunch of frogs until you meet the prince right <laughs> It's, it's true, but you know what? Here's here's where I'm kind of coming to grips and, and, and learning myself as well. Maybe because of, all, hey, by the way, all four of us are podcasters. So wait, ooh, podcasters in the house. Oh, yeah, I am. Like yesterday. Hey. Well, 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 we'll get you on the podcast format, but right now you're video. But that's okay. We, we, we roll with it. Woo, digital content creators in the house. So here's where my brain goes 
when it, <clears throat> gosh, my throat's going to hurt me. Sorry. Here's where my brain goes when it comes to this. Okay, now I'm going to cough really badly. Okay, real quick. I'm gonna, you know what? I'm dying right here. Here. Ask and answer amongst yourself. Is Why is digital content a thing? Okay, I'll just jump in. The digital content is important because I think it helps you to build your brand. And it also helps you to showcase your expertise. And that helps you to become a thought leader. That's just what I think. How do you think, because uh, I love that, you know, and again, I resisted, was used to face-to-face, -face, right? You know, I'm not a spring chicken millennial. So how do you guys, to me, it was once I figured out how to do it on social, where I don't have to get up and go anywhere and go to networking events face-to-face, -face, COVID kind of launched everybody. So I can, it's 70-year-old people are comfortable on Zoom now. Like how, what silver lining was that? That was great. So do you find more comfort? being on zoom and things or do you do face to face do you see a difference anymore like how is it to you when you go out and network and meet people is it still different being on social versus face to face well, <laughs> this is a great question for someone like me so i'm an introvert so i tried during covid because i loved being on zoom and in fact i haven't done any in person not doing any for now i love zoom yeah, you know, I've been, oh, you know, I've been been in the, the video conferencing 15 years before COVID because of my work overseas. So I've always been comfortable with, you know, video conference. You used to watch, you know, the, the bring the TV into the room. I was always the, the, the head floating in a room because I was always somewhere besides where the meeting was. So I've, I've been comfortable with it forever. But the 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 beauty of it from a so having meetings and, and being productive within a team is one thing, using it for getting people to recognize who you are, what you do, and want to reach out and, and possibly do business with you is a very different application for the same tool. So where social media gets you, you know, advantage is those people that you never would have thought to reach out to that may grab a hold of your content or have your content shared with them uh, brings them to you in an inbound fashion as opposed to the old days where it was just advertise, advertise, advertise. Now it's it's uh, be something that people will recognize, catch, and want to be part of and and, and come into you. It's a very different uh, approach. Most successful businesses today are relying far more on the inbound teams than they are on trying to reach out and cold call and bang on doors and, and do the kinds of things that we did back when I was young and, you know, there was no computers and we, we, we communicated by telex from odd places in foreign countries. Telex? Andrew, yes. stop dating yourself, kiddo. I don't date myself. I'm a married man. I date my wife. <laughs> <laughs> hey, it's Wednesday. If we're going to do the dad jokes, can we push it off to Friday, please? But, uh, okay, so you sure. said something that really is tickling me. Inbound versus outbound marketing activities. I feel like digital content is a great opportunity for to bring in that inbound. Do you guys like and do you guys leverage outbound uh, or have you evolved? Actually, screw this. Have you evolved your outbound activities, i.e. newsletters, um, news, you know, mailing lists, et cetera? In, well, in, this in the current age of short attention span theater, which is most people, uh, I, I think unless you have something absolutely amazing that's enthralling in in, in email newsletters and those kinds of things 
uh, it ends up in the in the junk mail no matter what it's you know back back to how do you use when when i was uh, actively doing my podcast on a regular basis the subjects that were chosen and the guests that i had were always conversations that then could be leveraged into getting people who may not want to give me a meeting to learn who i am and reach out and want to talk to me so mm -hmm. many times we discuss a case study uh, with someone or a specific intelligence within the market that would make sense for a potential client and then using my network, getting someone in that organization to then observe and watch that short and that piece to go, hey, I could do business with that guy. And they would reach out. Multiple clients came from that where had I just picked up the phone and said, hey, we're experts in this. I never would have gotten past the voicemail. Yeah, it's interesting we're talking about this because I've been blogging since 2009. And another thing is that I would send my blog posts to social media. And on LinkedIn, you know how many people have come to me after the fact and say to me that whenever I recommend a book, they buy it. And they say, I keep track of you through what you post. Mm -hmm. That's true. What about you, Mike? What is your head at? Where's your head out with that outbound? Uh, again, we talked about this yesterday. I love what Andrew said. You know, it, it, there's two parts to it. And if you understand the two parts, first part, marketing, right? That's the way you use your social and all these tools that we have. So you market, know, like, and trust. Once that happens, you move into the sales phase, right? Now, I know we hate that word, but it is what it is. Business transactions. We're here to make money. To help you most of us so then you got that so what brings them to the table your marketing skills then it transitions like andrew said to yourselves right so i have a problem you have a problem i have a solution we should do business and to me it's try and buy so we're working together we're spilling in the gaps i, I give people help i help them five seconds before they become clients guess who they want to be a client of it, i mean jesus if you just met me and i'm helping you close and, and get you know kudos or whatever you're coming to me so again my caveat is the sales process to me is different if if you're a pharmaceutical salesperson or a licensed doctor yes you deal in medicine but you have a different way to go about it and so then the third would be retention how do you use those tools andrews talked about those outbound uh because again he's right a lot of the emails and stuff go into the promotions folder but it's not a sales tool to me. It's a retention tool. So they just see the title somewhere and go, oh, that guy's still around. That guy's still around. That keeps somebody from coming and poaching my clients because they haven't heard from me in three months. Does that make sense? So I use them all in unison and really have the same fun amongst all platforms. That's why the the that's why the reputation and the relationship, because I'm not different. It's not like I'm marketing Mike and then I'm sales Mike and then I'm, it's yeah. all same guy. And so and we have that ability on here that we don't have on face to face. You can't do that like as well as you can. And you have less control in person than you do online. So I have really leaned into it. I'm like a bill, man. I'd rather sit here all day and just chop it out than I would walk around. But I will walk around and spend quality time face to face with the most special people in that inner circle of mine. But now I don't have to waste time doing all this other stuff. I can do it on Zoom, marketing, social media and then go spend quality time with my top people. Like that. Okay, so here's another, let's let's evolve the question a little bit then because um, I, I'm from the corporate world, right? Um, 20 plus years career, 
tech sales specifically. So my, I, I might have a sales bent to it. But in general, if you're a corporate employee, who should be creating content, you guys? Is it just entrepreneurs? Is it just, you know, brands? Like what, who should be creating content? Adam. Well, personally, Again, it, you wanted to say something, Andrew? No, go go ahead, please. Okay, so um, I'm big on uh, using content for a purpose, right? So entrepreneurs, anyone should be creating content the, the, because you have so many places you can publish your content, right? And one of the objectives should be using it to showcase your expertise so you can be seen as a thought leader. What's that one thing that makes you unique? Create your content around something like something like all right. I like that. I like that. Andrew, what about you? What's your take? Well, again, it depends what what corporation and what the rules of the road are for for who you are and where you work. Many companies don't don't want you out creating things that might be off brand to to the who they are. So there there's there's a shift there. But um, you know, if if you have a, a set group of clients or you're you're constantly in a growth pattern where you're, you're prospecting and looking for additional play, that the opportunities to to participate in things like this and to do your own content um, and also through what your organization has you do or not do through through for example linkedin and other forms of social media um you know the the most the most common thing that i see in the sales world is is from a content perspective creating your own and making sure that you you're commenting on those who you want to engage with before just blatantly introducing it's you know how many how many people are actually re responding to a direct message uh, from someone they don't know, whereas if I had for example wanted to contact you, Sia, uh, and and yeah, and and had gone and commented on the last nine or ten things, or saw that you were talking to someone and and built that relationship first, and then divided decided to send you digital content. I mean, my my favorite at least once a day, I get a spam from somebody telling me that I should own a franchise. Uh, they just don't get responded to because it's it's annoying. I don't know who they are, and I doubt that they're even the person who in the, who's in the picture. Uh, mm -hmm. So you know, as you as you start to play, it's it's a dual fence. It's how do you how do you respond to other people's digital content, and how do you create content to be able to 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 either nurture that that contact until they 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 actually are engaged with you, or to keep those involved who you're already doing business with and care about what you do. Mike, I know you're itching. You can tell. You can tell. Uh, I saw hey, you like, no, and I, you know, one thing about you, I just learned when you get excited, you start writing it down. Like, I'm not going to forget this bullet point. Is that yeah, what you just said? See now. Yes, ma'am. No, I love Andrew. He throws me softballs, get me excited and happy. So sorry about that, Andrew. You're, you're you know, welcome. That'll be a dollar. Yeah, you, yeah, you're going to have a lot of dollars, man. Uh, <laughs> so I love what he said. I mean, first of all, what he, what he said at the end. I, I, so I get a message and says, hey, I can help you with your marketing and your branding. And I'm not a pompous guy, but that aggravates me. I'll, first of all, when you say something to me, it should be hello, right? That's how I start conversation. Um, but I, it irks me. I mean, I don't talk about it, but do I look like I need help with marketing and branding? I mean, I've got one of the most unique brands. It fits. And so I don't like that. But I had someone else say, hey, I'm going to use your stuff in my branding presentation. Do you mind? Now, guess who's flattered? You know, I'm like, yeah, dude. and by the way, if this guy 
this is the guy who built the relationship with me. So if he gave me some advice, I'm open to it. And second of all, it, it goes back to what I'm always saying about you have a hair salon, you open a hair salon, but nothing but bald people walk in your hair salon all day. That That's what Andrew's point is, I think. It made sense to me because, look, bark up the right tree, right? So I'm not going to, don't try to sell me dresses. I, I don't, it doesn't mean that your dress is bad. It means I don't wear them. So again, I see a lot of just shotgun nonsense. And I think just a little bit of thought and intelligence can go a long way. You don't have to be a, a, a guru or marketing expert to realize that, hey, there's a group of people who actually want to buy whatever I've got for them because they're looking for me. Not trying to convince this guy to get a haircut. Who, who wants a haircut? The guy who had a last minute job interview and you're the only hair salon open right next to him. That's what this is about. Focus on that. All right. It's not rocket science. I figured it out. <laughs> there you go. It's easy peasy. You just have to work and get comfortable. Yeah. I got a note from someone, a direct message. I want to say it was Thursday of last week. And it said, you, you should set an appointment with me because I can help you get warm leads. And I wrote back and said, um, I'm actually looking for someone to get me less because we have too many warm leads to work now. We're, we're, we're over capacity. Can you please refer me to somebody who can get me less leads? Less. And the response back at, was, was basically profanity. And that was the end of it. But exactly. I mean, you know, I, you get an email saying you're, you're currently missing all these things on your SEO for your website or the writing oh. on your website needs to be revised or, you know, always, always, you know, the, the best way to, 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 you know, to meet someone to date is to start with an insult. Your yeah. business sucks. I can help you not suck. Yeah. It, yeah. Let me you call know, your that, baby ugly. Let me call your baby ugly. And by the way, you want to be with me. Yeah. No, I, yeah. I, I can't begin to. Okay. So, so, so to, to answer some questions here. So who should be creating content? I want to shift back just a little bit more because I want to, I want to remind people you don't have to be a certain way. Avil, she said, I'm an introvert. I, I'm definitely in my zone. And in her group and circle, she has value, right, with the audience. And again, me as a former corporate person, some of my clients are actual corporate employees in sales, and they do their podcast as a way, as a tool to help market themselves for their prospects and for their existing clients, right? Because whatever their content might be, underwater basket weaving, who cares, um, they can go back and say, oh, there's my sales rep doing this podcast. Oh, yeah, that was an interesting tidbit of fact. Or even more fun, you invite your prospects to your shows and talk about ego gratification. Can I interview you to talk about you? Mm -hmm. Right. So and that's kind of where I'm going with, which is, you know, who should be creating content? I think everyone, if it's something that makes sense for you. Right. Don't if you're a business owner and, and this is not your jam, then don't do it if it's not for you. Maybe you have someone on your team create content to create that outreach right? To, to bring in uh, those brand credibility, et cetera. And of course, my mom's calling me. So here's the thing that I thought. Was, so here's the, something that I thought was interesting. So Gabe, so Gabe works for a uh, IT uh, technology manager, his company. He himself is on the cybersecurity side. I don't know if his company's pure cyber or if they do all sorts of uh, managed services. That's a hint, Gabe. Correct me if I'm wrong. But I think it's interesting. So he said, our vendors create content for us to use. And that that works, 
and that's great, but you're relying on that vendor to be your voice as Gabe. And so Gabe, if it's something that you feel like, hey, I know a ton, and I said ton, I self-edited, you guys, congratulate me. I know a ton on cybersecurity, and maybe your clients wanna learn about the credibility of Gabe and how he's a badass, and I didn't filter that one, so filter, whatever. But Gabe's a badass, knows about cybersecurity, and he talks about things that's topical, interesting, or whatever. I'm gonna work with Gabe, right? Mm -hmm. You're still within company lines. You're not saying anything outrageous. And I think that's where I think some, I think a lot more companies are open to creating your own type of content like this, not like 10 years ago. 10 years ago was, uh-uh, don't mention our company name. And if you do, you got to go through legal. Um, I'm finding a lot of the Fortune 100s, there's a lot of people creating their own content. Um, and, and, and it's free advertisement. I'm arguing it's free advertisement. So um, that's my, that's my, uh, bully pit or whatever you want to call it little side note on on the content we talked about this last night or yesterday and again i'm not being contrarian to be contrarian what i'm saying is you know sometimes these hard and fast rules are hurting you rather than than helping you so i mean like we talked about i mean look it was so funny i saw him make her blush uh jody lamb is a new friend of mine and, uh, you know, I've just kind of give her some tips here and there on growing in it. So she naturally, she just comes off extremely well, extremely well. But if we were talking the other day. She said, well, I could get better and tweak. And I'm like, I don't, I don't advise that. I do not advise it because you're so relatable. You're, you're bringing in the results. People are coming at you. They love your style and what you're doing. Why would you tweak it to be technically? Because the more technically proficient you get with the marketing aspect, you lose that relatability and vulnerability side that's attracting people. Now, I think Andrew, he seems like a very technical, sharp guy. I, I think so. For example, she's she's brilliant in what she does for business. So what brings people to the table is the relatability. But what keeps them at the table is her brilliance and expertise as a top professional. Right. So it's hand in glove. You can't be an idiot. Uh, you know, you got to have good marketing and the best value you can bring. And when you tag those together, that's how you can wear a stupid hat and say crazy things. And people stay with you because you're bringing both. It's like, oh, my gosh. And that's what this is. It's, it saddens me that there's people who have the best hearts and value, trust, trusting, you know, and they're getting beat simply because their marketing is, is down and they don't get it. And that's what that's what I help friends of mine. I'm like, look, I want you to be seen because people want to see you. They want to see it. You just don't have the presence. All right. Once you have the presence, the rest of the stuff's easy. You're a coaching genius, but you have nobody to coach because your marketing skills lack. So it, when you put the two together, oh, my gosh. And, and, and you can have weird content. I may not like it, but that doesn't mean that Andrew won't like it. You know how many technical stuff I look at and I feel stupid. It's like it might as well be in French or something. But I, I'll tag Andrew because I know he loves this stuff. And Andrew will be like, wow, this is great. I'm like, y'all, I don't even know what you're talking about. I do it all the time. I tag people in with acronyms that I don't understand and I'm connecting people. And what does that do? That makes people like me. I don't even know what the hell they're talking about. So look for opportunities to make other people smile. That's hella marketing, man. That is great. That That's inbound referrals and introductions. People introduce me because they just like me because I'm thinking about these guys all the time. Yeah, the worst the worst digital content out there is folks that don't have some form of intent before they create. It ends up being look at me, look at me, not 
anything more. Ego involved, uh, please, please understand that I am the most brilliant, the most genius. The, and, and when you finally meet those folks that create that kind of content, you recognize that there's nothing there. It's, it's all bluster and no, no ability. So well, I think, you know, if, yeah. you, if you know what you want to do, you can build your, your social content based on what it is that you wanted to accomplish and, and, and how it can benefit who, whether it's yourself or the community. Andrew, right. I, had this, I had this same discussion the other day because I, I think I, we're probably thinking of the same uh, stuff. And I said, it's a missed opportunity because if you lead with the hugging baby stuff, like I do, right? And it's legit. I feel this way. But then when someone gets to the table, then you can be, you know, whatever your, you know, demeanor is. I am the best and stuff. But how do you get the audience to give that opportunity? If they don't like it, they're never going to hear how great you are. And, and that's where it's a combo. You know, I can say stuff to clients and people I work with now that I couldn't say when I first met them. That's called relationship mm -hmm. building, right? And, and yeah. I think you get it. I think you, you guys, both of you, all three of you get it. And I'm just hoping other people will hear this and, and start to incorporate. For sure. You know, there, there's a, there's a, you know, when you start a business, it's about what's in it for you because you're, you, you have intent, you want to earn, you want to do all the things that are involved in having your business. But once you finally have it, it's what's in it for them. So if you don't keep that in, in mind while you're building your content, you're, you know, it's just self-serving and egotistical and otherwise, whereas, if you recognize what what you do and the benefit that it provides to your client and really understand how to speak to what they value and what's in it for them, then it all makes sense. Absolutely. So here's a, you mentioned something. We're running a little bit long. Can you guys spare five more minutes? Because I could I talk you. about this all day. But one thing that you just struck me is that, that the whole idea of digital content, that, that whole content creation it is yes you are self promoting because you're trying to build up you know brand recognition credibility you're trying to like promote your community but i think it's like you almost have to be careful you're not smelling your own bullshit you know what i'm saying like mm -hmm. i i can't tell you how i've seen people who seem very well they kick off well and they start believing their own hype and the next thing you know only pictures of them it's almost like oprah okay like i it's like the o magazine with nothing but oprah's face and and don't get me wrong Oprah's amazing, but I felt like Oprah, everyone already knows who you are. You, you, you freaking named a magazine O. I mean, you're Oprah. You don't need your fracking face on every single cover image. You own a letter. Yeah. Oh, it's you. Mean, you took a letter. Yeah. I mean, and then that's what kind of irks me uh, to, who's, to that. Who's this Oprah person? I know. Uh, I know. I Look, I, I, I try to offer myself for adoption and stuff, but that didn't work either. Is she, is she like in marketing or something? Yeah, I know. <laughs> She's something. Okay, so okay, one thing I I want to be sure that we cover this and and go over this because Google. we are all live streamers, and we've all done um promotions on LinkedIn specifically. Okay, I'm talking about LinkedIn specifically because it, this is something that's been bugging the crap out of me because I see so many people are like, no one's watching my live streams or I'm not getting the kind of engagement. How do I comment and you know post in real time and all that stuff? I thought I would show this to everybody because Avil, you're one of like a thousand that's asking that same question. So I thought I would take uh, advantage of today to, to kind of show that. So here we go. I'm going to uh, show you an example here of um, here's my normal profile, right? And um, what, what you need to do, guys, is 
if you want to comment on your live stream post, because oftentimes it'll take you to the live stream image like this. Oh, wait, that's the, uh, oops. Sorry, Julian, let me hide you. Okay. So what happens when you live stream, this is, this becomes your banner, right? And let me make sure that, yep. Oh, there we go. So what you want to do is go down into your activities. Okay. Scroll down until you see show all activity and click on that. And then you'll see all your activity and your posts. Click on your post. And this is the spot where you can comment to everyone without having to watch the video over and over and over and over again. So um, let me just show comment here. So click on most recent. I do most recent, you can do relevant, whatever your preference. And here, if I haven't had a chance to comment, I can go here and hit like. And you could do this after your live stream goes down. So for anyone that wants to get the engagement going, you can do that here. Um, if there's any questions on that, let me know. Because so many times what I've seen is people get frustrated because they go here and they're like, what, what is this? I can't comment anymore on the right hand side. Oh, wait, let's not share that. I forgot. I'm so glad you brought this up because I forgot yesterday and I was... I just gave up. So thank you for reminding me about this. Right. And and here's the other thing too. If you refresh, you lose all the comments and it starts all over again to that blank. So yeah, that's my times. that's my little PSA for everybody that wants to, you know, um figure out what the hell is going on with the live stream. And you know, you're welcome, Gabe, on that. Um it's it is it is something that people don't know. And so you don't think you're getting the engagement on live stream like you'd like, or you don't know how to respond in a timely manner. Um, that's the way to do it. So I can walk people through that again, if you want to. And no, it's not stupid. You Gabe and Linda and Adriana on Facebook. Hey, hi ladies there. I, I know them from the body language uh, group that were in the behavior panel, shout out behavior panel. Love those guys. If you ever want to learn about behavior, uh, body language and all that and reading it, you got to go uh, to their channel and check it out. I actually had Mark Bowden, one of the four guys on the mic is listening in a previous episode with his wife. Um, you should check that out. So that was my PSA for the day. So guys, the last two minutes, I know we're running hella long. Mike, how uh, folks can get a hold of you and get to know you. Uh, how can they can reach out, my friend? Uh, carrier pigeons, always best, obviously. Um, since I live in a tree, uh, email, but go to my LinkedIn profile, go to hounds of business on YouTube, go to my LinkedIn profile. Uh, redneck one is the, is the LinkedIn, uh, URL and, uh, shoot a message, shoot an email, uh, send me a text. Let me know you're not spam. Um, uh, but yeah, just strike up a conversation. It seems like I know everybody. So at minimum, I can connect you to somebody who, who could help you with whatever. Uh, so feel free. I'm approachable. Um, uh, and I don't like spam or spam burgers, so don't worry about it. All right. So that's it. Oh, my gosh. Can I just tell you? So Linda just replied back saying uh, pigeons away. <laughs> She's from Norway. So that's going to be a while before your pigeon gets to you. Just a heads up. That's going to be one tired pigeon. Hopefully you got a, a relay system, Linda. I'll be looking for a couple of weeks, maybe. <laughs> Dude, what what time is Oh, Okay. So it's a decent hour for her. And Avil, beautiful. How can folks get a hold of you? And I do want to promote your podcast, my friend. So please share your, your podcast. Okay. So people can find me on LinkedIn and on my profile, there's a link to my website, the 
invisiblementor.com. That's easy to remember. And my podcast is called The One Problem. Episodes are on YouTube for now. So at some point, I'll get it on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and those places. If you need help with that, I can help you, darling. Yeah, I need help. (laughs) <laughs> no problem. No problem. And oh, I will, by the way, full disclosure, I will have, I will update my uh, notes to include everyone's contact information uh, below. So, and of course, if you listen to this over a podcast format, it'll be in the show notes. And Andrew, my friend. Yes. You can find me on LinkedIn. You can check out Bengal Group at bengaltech.com. And uh, occasionally you'll see my picture up at the post office on the most wanted section. Don't tell anyone you know me. You know, <laughs> Andrew, you always keep me on my toes. There are days where I'm like, okay, do I have enough coffee where I can actually have a comeback for you? And I don't half the time. I swear to God. I'm going to one day. And one so, day. I'm you'll, you'll, figure you're, you're, you'll figure it no, out. You just not. haven't jumped out of enough airplanes. He's got that dry humor like my dad. You can't beat it. It's 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 bulletproof, man. I love it. And then, uh, Abil, I could hear you read the phone book. I love your accent. is unbelievable. So... I don't, she's so, she's too smart for me to understand, but I love hearing her anyway. So definitely reach out to them. Oh my gosh. You guys, you guys are such freaking rock stars. I totally appreciate you on that. So um, I was going to do a outro here, but I forgot to uh, upload my latest outro. And so we don't want copyright strike. Thanks YouTube. So uh, I'm just going to go ahead and wrap us up for another wonderful episode of the Mike is listening. You guys, thank you. You guys have Mike. Andrew, thank you so much for jumping on literally 45 minutes before the show to say that you'll join. So I really appreciate you guys. You guys kick booty. And we'll see y'all. We'll see y'all next week, guys. See you. Thanks. Bye now. Bye now.